This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The coronavirus has led to the shutdown of so many small businesses over the last seven months, but apparently it might also be leading to a surge in business formation. For the week ending October 17th, there has been a 43.7% rise in business formation over what we saw in 2019. And that is a great sign for an economy that lost so much earlier this year due to the virus. But the question is, what's going on and why is it happening? Ethan Mollick is an associate professor of management at the Wharton School, and he joins us to give us his thoughts. Ethan, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Great to talk to you as well. So is it just the impact of COVID that's leading to this surge, or are there other elements at play here? So I think there's a lot of stuff going on, and we're still trying to get a handle on all of it. So when you think about startups or new businesses, there's sort of the high-growth businesses that get funded by venture capitalists, and then there's sort of mom-and-pop shops. And then there's also the just sole proprietorships, individual businesses that somebody is launching as a contractor or because, you know, to, for, to cover for part-time work or something similar. And I think those may all be heading in different directions. So how much uh, also could the stimulus be playing a role here? So, again, we don't really have a lot of evidence on that. A lot of the stimulus was aimed at supporting existing businesses rather than encouraging new startup growth. So I would have thought that might have pushed in the other direction. Um, We have some data coming in. So, for example, in the startup world, we were expecting venture capital to sort of crater, but in fact, it's been almost completely stable. And and in fact, there's a great recent survey of venture capital, uh, venture capitalists asking about their portfolio firms. At 52% of the time, they said their firms were doing as well or better um, than before COVID. And um, so it's, it's the effects haven't been as big as we were expecting. We're joined by Ethan Mollick, Associate Professor of Management here at the Warren School. I guess one of the unique dynamics that could be, you know, interesting here, Ethan, is the fact that I would imagine with some of these businesses, and again, this will be information that will be collected as we move along, that some of these businesses could be new primary sources of revenue for the owner, but then you probably have a, a mix of these that are kind of the side businesses that, that are ways for people to supplement income as well. Yeah, that would be fairly typical, although in a normal recession, we actually see business starts drop. In this case, people have been at home for a while. Um, They may have, I think your idea of side business is very correct here, so people might have been moonlighting because of the disruption of the regular work, and maybe they're ready to launch something. It's also possible that, you know, people are being forced to start more businesses as their work shut down. So it's going to be some mix of those things. It feels almost a little bit like this is kind of opening a door to a level of creativity for people to think about starting their business. You know, maybe you've had that idea for a while, but you haven't really acted on it. And maybe there's a there's a you know a door that's being opened here. Yeah, it actually matches some research we have uh, looking at the effect of winter breaks on launching new crowdfunding startups. And we find that during college breaks, the number of startups launched goes way up because college students have idle time to launch companies. So um, something about boredom and giving an ability to give space might actually be helping here. Um, you know, again, we won't know completely until the numbers are out. But, yes, I, I think that that's definitely playing a role. It's interesting. When I, when I looked at the data uh, earlier today, and I mentioned that that rise 43.7% year over year, but if you look at the preceding years, they were all showing you know small negative numbers, down 2%, down 3%. So we were kind of in a trend in prior years uh, of seeing uh, a decline in business formation here in this country. 
Yeah, there's been a tremendous drop actually over the last 20 years in business dynamism and the number of startups, and there's a lot of debate over what, what's happening. What's, one of the theories that has some evidence behind it has been large companies are just taking up a larger and larger section of the economy. So an interesting potential you know, long-term upside of COVID is by disrupting the, the business of large companies. And I you know, heard you talking earlier about things like ad sales. As we disrupt uh, large companies, that creates opportunities for startups to move in nimbly and to take and create new markets. So you think about things like remote work, where startups have been proposing new remote work solutions forever, and then nobody cared about them until this came along, right, or retail or any other field. So there's a chance for real disruption that might result in real innovation and more dynamic underlying economy. Can, can you link what maybe we're potentially seeing here during this time of the coronavirus to, to anything we've seen in the past, thinking about specifically recessions, you know, where you see a significant economic decline and then eventually there is a build back? So what's, I think what surprised us the most, at least from looking at the stats, has been that the boom has been so quick, right? So we're not sure whether, again, it's people being forced into launching startups or not. Um, typically in a recession, you don't see the same dramatic rise in startup launches. Sometimes you see a, a uptake, but not as large. And also typically, if you launch a company during a recession, your company does worse in the long term. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule like Google, but most companies launched during recessions do worse than companies launched during good times. So I think that's another question for us is, are these companies marked by growth, by, uh, marked from birth by coronavirus? Ethan Mollick, Associate Professor of Management at, at the Wharton School. So I, I guess... Th- Again, this is all data that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, especially if you see businesses that end up being long-term successes or businesses that end up maybe being something, as I said, as a side income that ends up being a, a, a short impact, a short-run business. Exactly. So I think trying to get a sense of what the mix is, like the the – the long-term entrepreneurial ecosystem in the U.S. has is, is been declining, right? Small businesses are responsible for most, most job growth in the U.S., um, and a small number of businesses are responsible for huge amounts of the innovation, and they were stagnating. So this definitely shook things up. We just don't know how, in what way at this stage. How do you view, then, the state of small business right now, especially in the wake of the coronavirus and, and what seems to be a want by many people to try and, and, and get a new business started at this point? So I think this is where government policy is going to play a role in the next few months as well. Um, so there seems to be some good evidence that the PPP programs kept small business afloat, and that may be why the news has been much better than we thought it would be. Um, so the question becomes, is there going to be government action, and how bad will this second or third wave end up being? Yeah. Uh, I think are going to have a large effect on what's going on. So we're still in a time of a huge amount of uncertainty. I think the good news is that, the, that in fact, the damages to the entrepreneurial ecosystem is much less than we thought, and it actually seems to be providing opportunities. But I think that a lot is going to depend on the next couple of months. Right, because if if we go into what would be necessi- would be a lame duck session of Congress, and, and we don't see a fourth stimulus bill passed, then you're talking about a, you know that next wave of coronavirus having a significant impact. I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, Ethan, the fact that Chicago has announced that they're going to have new lockdown measures uh, where restaurants are going to have to stop indoor dining and they're going to have to cut off outdoor dining at 11 p.m. We could start to see more of that occur in cities across the country. And then we're going back to what we saw back in March and April from the business perspective. 
Exactly, right? So how are we going to keep these small businesses afloat and uh, making sure also that the resources keep flowing? You know, in the original PPP packaging, there was actually some problems where startups weren't able to get access to PPP money because they were officially considered as being owned by a venture capitalist. Um, so VCs could only raise one fund from PPP and not from uh, and not be able to get PPP for each of their portfolio companies. And those things were worked out. So I think a careful package that would be put together to give, provide broad stimulus would probably be very helpful for startups and small business. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen that fourth package to this point. But as these last few weeks have played out, it, it has shown how important where we are right now it is to have that stimulus, uh, you know, as a as an element at play here, speak to how important you you think it is right now. Well, I, I think that's why all of the, the, many of us studying startups were surprised, right? The predictions in March were this is going to be a catastrophe for small business startups, and it's certainly been bad. Um, but it, it was prevented from being a catastrophe by, I think, swift government action. And so now we're entering a time period where businesses have already been buffeted by this. The amount of reserves they have has dropped. And we're now entering a period where many of them make up a lot of their income, right, as we approach the holidays. Uh, it's also a very productive time in companies where people are working very hard. And so without any kind of relief, if this turns out to be a bad wave and we have to go back into lockdowns, I think that uh, it's going to be really important to have some government intervention. Occur. We, pro- we probably don't know at this point, uh, out of all of these new businesses that are being formed, how many of them end up being e-commerce businesses. But I would believe that probably there's a good amount that are. And, and obviously, in this landscape of seeing more and more e-commerce, uh, especially this year, uh, that can be very good for an up-and-coming small business. And that's what I think is really exciting, and that's what I would tell your listeners, right? The most successful founders are people who often start from an industry they already know. So I think you can think about your own company that you're at and what disruptions are happening there. Where is it failing? And this is a great time to think about what's the competition in a new world where we care a little bit less about being in the same location and we care and e-commerce and remote work are more possible. There's ways to build new organizations and new types here that will long survive coronavirus and could be a net positive for everybody. And, and then also the availability of the, the different tools you might need to be able to set up a business that would be focused uh, more so on e-commerce. And, and really, I, I think more of a general understanding of a lot of these tools that we have these days. Exactly. I mean, I think about when I, when I was uh, an entrepreneur in the late 1990s to today, the estimate is the cost of launching a web-based business has dropped by three orders of magnitude by a thousand times, right? So experimentation is relatively cheap. Um, and I think that there, you'll see a lot of people playing with things like e-commerce, web services, apps uh, in new ways to try and bridge some of the gaps that have been exposed by COVID. I think we've talked with you in the past, Ethan, uh, about uh, what is generally conceived to be the percentage of the success rate of new business startups. And and it's normally very low. Factoring in some of this data that, uh, that, that has come out, do you believe that we're still in kind of that ratio of, I believe it was about a, a 70, 30 failure rate that we were seeing on, on new business startups? Yeah, and once it starts underway, it's close to 50% survival rate in five years, um, but much higher if you consider the earlier stages of a company as well. And I, I don't, I think it's hard to judge at this point. I mean, again, the, it really is going to depend on what happens to the economy. If the economy drops, we know startup failure rates increase. 
Um, you know, and so I think you have all of these forces together, and I'm sure, like everybody, we're in a period of maximum uncertainty here. Startups could thrive on uncertainty because they could change direction more quickly and learn from the market more quickly. But at some point, they'll need to find solid ground to grow. Best advice you, you would give to a, somebody thinking about starting up a new business right now? So I think that one of the things that makes sense no matter where, when you're launching a business is you don't actually want to follow the hot trend, right? So you probably don't want to launch another video conferencing company. But yeah. if you know an industry, if you know a problem, that is the thing to go after. So I often tell people, look at what you're improvising right now in COVID land and solving with, you know, Excel. Anything that you do in Excel, uh, the spreadsheet software, yeah. could probably be turned into a business if it's not just adding and subtracting numbers. That's like the programming language available to the masses. So look for the actual gaps in your industry or place you know well, and think about starting from that angle. Starting a new face mask company, probably not the best idea right now with uh, all of the companies that have kind of gone into that route in the last few months. Exactly. Ethan, great to talk to you as always. Thanks very much for your insight. Uh, stay safe, and we'll be in touch uh, down the road. Thank you, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ethan Mollick, Associate Professor of Management at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.